Hello. <laughs> oh my god, my Whoa. throat. What happened? I, I don't know. I just sucked an air wrong. Fuck it. Wonderpod, episode 224. That is your intro. I do not know what just happened there. I, I went to take in a big deep breath. And with it, Soprano saying hell. Hell. I, I went to suck in a big deep breath and it just felt wrong. And so then when I started to speak, it just all went, yeah, Soprano. Which before I hit puberty, I was a soprano in a choir. Believe it or not, little known McGee fact: I actually sang in a choir at one point, not hmm. religious related. Yeah, a jazz choir. When I was, it was right on the cusp of puberty because it was early junior high, and then by the time I was in eighth grade, my voice had changed too much. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, mean, I think I may have told that story years ago, or at the very start of the show. But yeah, I was. We even went to a jazz festival and competed. Really? And, and, yeah. It was crazy. Oh. I mean, it was it was fun, but it, if I'd kept the singing voice, I would not have wanted to sing jazz songs or or what passed for the songs we sang. Like love lifts up lifts us up where we belong. Mm-hmm. I hear that on the radio, and I want to rip the radio out of any vehicle I'm riding in because I still know <laughs> the words. That's the thing. The minute I hear that song, yeah, um, wind beneath my wings too. Those two, and th- there was one other that this one stupid girl loved in the in the choir and so we always practiced that one i can't think it was another one of those barbara streisand bet brett brett midler bet midler messes that if i every time i hear them i just want to smash the radio that's playing them <laughs> and not that they're really bad songs if you like them great i just sang them three million times oh <laughs> uh, so yeah that interesting fucking i ain't editing it out yep we're here we're not doing gaming stuff this week Glacinator's got a case of the beatdown blues, and so do I. Yeah, let's just throw John in the mix for the hell of it. John does too, so we're just, we don't know what we're going to do after what we've been playing. So, fair warning right here at the top of the show. If you, after what we've been playing, you may find it really entertaining or really boring. And it may stay this way, given what a bag of dicks the gaming industry is currently. Um, but as, let's do some of the real intro. John's here. Yo, 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 yo. here too. Hello. He's headed. He he's probably at the peak of the senior year in university roller coaster of of panic. Nah, you're not probably. What are we? September. You're probably well, still climbing right now. You're probably still climbing that hill. Yeah, but it's building. It's like the slow climb on a really long. Uh, I'd say late late October is where you start to freak out. Is that like your last couple shows before you go AFK for the final mount mashdown? Is that you're going to be really entertaining because you're just going to be a complete lunatic hopefully i won't this time as like i said earlier in the show i am being on top of things which is not what i usually do yeah but don't you think that's partially because you're so close to the end like you can uh, it's cliched as hell but you can literally see the light at the end of the tunnel you know i don't know i don't know why so many university students are happy their senior year well yeah, well, I'll be glad when he gets real internet connection so that shit don't happen. You're back. Oh, I'm back. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say thought. anything important anyway. Skype would, I, like, shut up. I just I just said that, that, that I'll be happy when you're out of college because then you'll have a real internet connection. Or you'll be a hobo <laughs> living under a bridge, one of the two. Probably better internet on the bridge. That You know, I'm, I'm starting to think that. I, in fact, it may be my future at some point, so maybe I should start a charity or campaign for Wi-Fi for hobos. And homeless. <laughs> Wi-Fi 
hobos. Yeah. I mean, it's a catchy campaign right there. Wi-Fi for hobos. If you don't, you know, if you started an India Go-Go campaign for that, enough people on the edge of bankruptcy in the Creativeville <laughs> would probably give to it. I bet you you could make money doing that. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. All right, who wants to go first and what they've been playing? I don't care. Pick. I'll go. All right, John likes going first. Glace I, really, I really don't have a whole lot to talk about. <laughs> 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 no, I've got... Uh, I played a little bit more Spirit Tracks. Um, this past weekend, we had a little family trip uh, to, Ma- to Wanda's uncle's cabin. Um, it was a long drive, which meant that... Uh, you know, I was I was busy behind the wheel, but uh, well, Peter needed some some added entertainment on this uh, five hour drive we went on, and so I bought him a copy of uh, the Tamadachi Life game that we were discussing a couple a uh, couple weeks ago. I guess at this point, uh, it's this, it's a it's it's more uh, than that. Isn't that the really weird wacko one we were talking about? That's yeah, what I, I still didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, maybe that was a couple months ago. Now I'm not sure, but. But uh, Peter's been playing the demo on the, on the 3DS for for a while now, you know. And with 3DS demos, you get so many uses. So I think I think you start up with 20 uses. So you you can go in, you create your your me, and and you put them in in your town. And so it, I guess it's, I won't call it a sim because you don't do a whole lot of stuff. But you give your character, you know, food, and you can. You can, uh, you know, in their apartment, you can change the interiors and give them clothes and different things. It's a little bit like a sim, but but it's more of a spectator thing where, where um, you know, if, if other characters are living in your city, and, and and within the city there's like the different stores and homes, and you can go into the town hall and make and customize, I think, pretty well everything you want. Um, I, I didn't really get to play w- with it a lot myself because you know, Peter been playing it mostly, but but I've, I've kind of been watching the things he's been doing, and uh, and the full version, of course, gives you access to a lot more stuff. What I did, what I did like though was that it it uh, it used the game save from the demo to let you carry on in the full version. Like it tells you, thank you, thanks for using the full version. You know, do you want to continue or start over, kind of thing, and. So we just kept on going. So whatever me's we had created, and you know personality traits that you can give, you know your the different me's um, and the things you've bought using money and collected, you, you get to keep it all. So it was great. You, you know, same as as if he was still playing the other. So so as you add new characters, you know you, you create more me's. Or um, I, I'm not sure if you can import from your like when you street pass, it saves a little copy of a me in your on your. Uh, on your on your system, right? So I'm not sure if you can import them or if they kind of show up randomly. Um, but that being said, they've you know Wanda helped him create like his friends and herself and and his uh, and my mom and her mom and stuff. So all these little me's are living in the apartment building and interacting. And so when I say interacting, what I mean is like you can go to the concert hall and you can decide who's going to be in your band. So you know I think he and I and Wanda and and Nanny. We're in a band, and we were a heavy metal band, and so um, and and you can pick whatever genre you want. Of course, I mean he's not really reading it; he's just trying different things. You know, I mean he's, he's he can, he he, he uh, Peter knows his letters, but full words he only knows like two and three letter words, basically, right? But um, but you know 
he, he's just picking things out and trying it out. He, he finds it hilarious when he gives me purple hair, for example. But, but anyway, the, the, back to the concert thing. So, you know, you can pick who you want in your band, and you get a, and then the, you press, you know, perform, and then you watch your, your me and whoever's in your band perform a, a, a small song. And you know, for whatever genre you want, like I've I've been an opera singer, and and we've been in a heavy metal band, and everybody he- like for the heavy metal band, everybody headbangs and and jumps around and plays guitar and stuff, and and the lyrics are all very you know <laughs> tame, mor- morose but yet tame. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm so sad, and it goes on like that, right? Um, it's fun, but it's very funny because it's you know your your me's that you have, so. Uh, he he gets a, bit, a pretty big kick and laughs at the different things that go on. Like, um, like people will you know you'll be in your apartment and you know I'll come for he'll be in his apartment his his Peter me and I'll come for a visit right and they interact and they'll they'll you know they'll play play uh, a game or they'll talk or dance or eat you know like just different things and you can you watch it so it, it's it's interactive but a little bit passive as well and uh, you know. It's, it's 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 pretty fun. And for, oh, go ahead. Question. Yeah. Is it kid friendly though? Because like everything I saw about it seemed like maybe it was a kid game, and maybe it was more of like a glacinator night game. <laughs> um, or is it depending on what you, how you're inputting things? I I would as I was just gonna say. I think it depends on how you decide you want to play. Like Peter just wants to try out different hairstyles and clothes and. And I'm gonna chuckle out of it and and do these little things, but he uh, but if you wanted if you wanted to play it in such a way where you're trying to you know marry somebody or or have a relationship and stuff, I, I think you can you can pursue that somehow. Like I said, I haven't really played it hands on myself very much, other than helping Peter set some things up. But but uh, I mean, you know, he he plays it pretty innocent pretty innocently, so there's not much to like. It's not even like Animal Crossing where you walk around; you just select the the map where you want to go and you're there you know what i mean like it's not even that much interactivity you just go to a place well that's good though that if it's if it if it uh if it sits or if it kind of tailors itself to the people playing it Mm -hmm. then good you know i mean i'm actually impressed with what i'm hearing you say nintendo basically doing shareware you got 20 plays to try this out i'm sure it's walled Mm -hmm. but then once you've tried it out they do kind of what xbox live does at least on 360 with um full games you know or some of them i think it kind of depends on the developer you know because with some 360 games once you download the full thing or unlock the full thing uh in xbla you can then just continue playing right from where you were exactly yeah and that's a smart thing for Nintendo to to do because it it gives you incentive. You don't have to start all over again. Yeah, I, w- I was concerned that he would have to restart and his his me character would have to be re- you know built from scratch again and, and would be that little bit different than what he had, you know. But no, it's picked right up. I, I I thought it was a great thing, and and I and this time I didn't even buy the the digital version because. Uh, there is a chance that Santa might be bringing him his own uh, his, his own system, so I figured I'd give him. You know, he can use the cartridge and and uh, carry it over to his machine if, <laughs> if he if he gets one. Is Santa uh, gonna re-gift him one of Dad's, or did Dad trade all his in? 
<laughs> Did Dad trade his old one in? Well, I have I have the Excel, and you know, there is a new Excel coming out this fall. Apparently, it's coming out in Japan. Hey, but... see, as f- no, actually, the, actually, there's a new one coming out. Period. I believe that the, the one with the extra thumbstick and stuff. Well, no, there's there's one coming out with a different processor and things. There was there, there was news yeah, that, about that's, it. That's that's the one. Yeah, I, I'm pretty. Yeah, I don't think that's Japan only. Oh, okay. I yeah. think that's coming to North America and Europe too. Yeah, I mean, I can't, but I'm I can't all for hand me downs with kids. I'm not making fun of Santa for doing that if that's indeed what happens to Peter, because he is not going to know the difference, and neither did I when it happened to me, except no. with the clothes. Um, hated that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but you know, I just was curious if that. Yeah, the the, uh, the the digital versions that we have of, of things that are on this system are <clears throat> the one I have now are. It's a bit tangly because, I mean, I'm in a, the the Kirby game I bought for him is really for him. I mean, I don't play that Kirby game that much, and and there's no way for me to selectively transfer it from this system to his kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like he'll have to play it on this one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's that's kind of a. I actually ran into that today. I in an MMO you had I've been playing. You have to use a different email for every account. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make an alt. Well, I decided to buy a month subscription just to see what I would think because it was cheap. I put it on the wrong goddamn email and then proceeded to play for two days with the free character <laughs> without all the bonuses <laughs> and crap. And it's like, damn it, I want to change it to my main email. And then I thought, eh, I only use that. It's another Gmail account. I use it for things I can't use my main for. And it's a main email account. I'm like, ah, fuck it. But. That's the thing. Transferring stuff in a digital space is something companies are going to have to work on. Yeah. Because I understand not letting a million copies go because then that's where people just start stealing, the robbing you blind. But being able to link devices or link email accounts or link accounts, uh, that wouldn't work really great in that MMO setting because we were trying to kind of work the system a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were just trying to get a bigger village. <laughs> By adding more players, yeah. they they'd already seen us coming long before, <laughs> which we kind of knew that. We thought, hell, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, but but if I but if you know, let's say there, I did get a new a new 3ds XL, the new type. I mean, it'd be easy enough to transfer all my purchases and all my data over to that system. I did that when I upgraded to the to the current Excel, but but there's no way that I can give him the games that that are his. You know. This is too bad. Oh, you have to but transfer then, all data. Yeah, it's a hundred. Yeah, there's no, you can't be selective in what you do. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, but I think that would mean I, I would have to have two Nintendo um, login names or Nintendo network, two Nintendo network IDs on two different 3DSs, which I don't. I don't think it's allowed. I can have I can have the same one on my on my Wii U and my 3DS, but not. But not three different things, you know. See, and that does kind of go to the point I'm trying to make that, that that they need to figure out a better method of, and I think they will as digital takes over more and more, which is ha- is happening. Yeah. Um, I hear more and more people. One of the one of the easiest examples for me because I watch a shit ton of their stuff now is uh, Bernie burns the rooster teeth. He's like, mm. I, I'm I'm getting rid of crap. I don't want discs anymore. I don't want any of that stuff. I want it all digital. I'm rebuying stuff digital. And he's like, to me, it's not 
it, I don't care about the well. He said, obviously, I'm not going to spend zillions, but he said I, I, I'm not concerned about the cost because then that frees up space. I can keep it all digitally, and he's like, and I'm re- ready to deal with the pitfalls of that. But the problem is right now is when you stop using, you know. Uh, one piece of hardware and start using another. I mean, it already happens in a PC space to a certain extent because anything on my OS drive, I either got to contact the companies, you know, different stuff I use. I either got to contact the companies that I bought it from, software, and get a new key, prove I purchased it and get a new key if I can't remember where the hell I left, you know, where the hell the email is, mm-hmm. or I just got to live without it. And that's stuff I legitimately purchased. They make it to too strenuous in this sad attempt to stop piracy, which it do- it really doesn't. Um, for you moving for to a new system, you know, uh, I and I think the next computer I get, I'm just gonna have to get a humongous secondary hard drive so that I can put all the stuff that I don't want to lose moving from computer to computer. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that there's just gonna have to. But you have to kind of temper it because if you give if you make it carte blanche, then people are going to abuse it. They're going to swipe shit. Definitely, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I maybe you should go in and talk to somebody at like Best Buy or GameStop and find out if there's any little trick or tip that you move some data across and not other data. I I I'm, I wonder if there's some little thing you could do without harming the usefulness of the device, you know, without breaking it. Like try transfer the license to his. I mean, he'll have an ID then. Transfer that particular game's license to him. I don't know if that's possible or not, but right. But I, I, I it's something I would at least see if you could investigate, talk to yeah. somebody about. I, I think you're right. It's probably not possible. Have you heard of anything like that, Glaze? I know you've got a 3DS too. So, like what? Like transferring only what? Keep leaving one game on one system. And transferring the rest of the data to another 3DS. I know it has to do with the SD card. I'm not sure exactly the process you go about doing that. Oh, can because you... uh, I I was looking at the new 3DS that came out that they're talking that they just announced, but I'm not sure how practical that is. Because if I want to get it, I mean, how would my game exactly go about being transferred? I'm not sure. I know you have some some stuff on your SD card, but it also there's like you have your Nintendo account as well. Yeah, well, what it, I mean, I, in, in the transfer that I've done before, uh, you 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 transfer um, it links that uh, SD card to that particular 3DS. So I mean, all the all the stuff that's saved on your 3DS is internal memory gets transferred over wirelessly, and then you you pull out that SD card and put it into the other one. Because it won't work in the in the original anymore. It well, you have to have won't. both 3DSs at the same time. You do, do that, yeah. Right? That, that's that's a bit. See, that's now. that's the problem because if I wanted to trade in my 3DS, I couldn't do that. You know? Yeah, it will so. be. I just looked up on the new 3DS. It's going to debut in October in Japan. Uh, Venture Beat contacted Nintendo, and the company did say that the new 3 3DS won't debut in North America this year. But that tells me it's coming to North America sometime in 2015. Mm-hmm. I wonder, does the 3DS, and you guys are going to have to clear up my ignorance because I know almost nothing about the system itself. Does it have a USB on it at all? No. It has a SD nope. card slot. That's it. So is that like a normal, regular, plain old run of the bill, goes in cameras, goes in everything SD card? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
can get as big as you want too. I have like a 32 gig in my in my DS. Oh, dude, on yeah, that's the thing. We just redid our trap cameras. My dad was grump. My father was grumping about, well, what what, how, what kind of cards are you gonna buy, or what, how much money is this gonna cost us? And I'm like, Dad, 32 gig cards now are like nothing. They're like freaking water at Amazon. I mean, they don't cost shit. So getting a you know getting at least a 32 is a good idea. I wonder. If there isn't some method that you could slip that SD card into a, an SD card reader on your PC and see what it, what kind of data it has on it, you is can. It, is it readable? No, it's not. I mean, but that's how you get your uh, your picks up. Like uh, when I first got the 3DS and I posted those weird uh, AR pictures. Oh right, 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 right. You can just put the SD card in and you can just drag all the files off. So it does give you files and folders. Yeah, there's specific folders. Uh, you can like put music on your DS and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can put MP3s on there. Um, I think all the game data stuff, though, is encrypted. So you can't mess with it. Yeah, I double-checked that to see. Because if they, if they didn't encrypt it, it would be in a file folder similar to what you see on your when you go to My Computer Drive C, John. Mm-hmm. And if that were the case, which I highly, highly doubt, then you could just drag the one particular game data to a new SD card, slap it in Peter's 3DS, and you're off and running to the races. Nintendo's, much like the MMO people, I'm sure Nintendo saw thoughts like that coming. Which, again, is ridiculous, because if you're transferring it from an SD card to another SD card, that is a pretty laborious process where both people have to be in the room. How widespread is the, is the theft going to be if that's the case? You see what I'm saying? And I mean, yeah, then you could maybe upload it to a torrent site, but it, it, it there has to be some happy medium there that doesn't wreck, <laughs> you know, that doesn't wreck either side's party. Mm-hmm. So, anything else other than that, now that we w- went off on that wild woolly tangent? <laughs> uh, not really, just a bit more spirit tracks, and nah, that's about it, really. Glacinator. Oh, well, last weekend I finished uh, one of my Civ games uh, with a friend I was playing online. Did I talk about this last week, the game I finished? Not the game you finished. You just said you'd been playing three different games, one with a friend, one with another friend, and one against computers. Yeah, okay, well, this is one with just one friend. And uh, I was playing as France. The France, of course, is Napoleon. And he was playing as, who was he playing as? I think China. I think he was playing as China. And we were playing against uh, Alexander the Great and the Muslim people. And when the game started off, uh, I was on the same continent as Alexander the Great, and he was being a real jerk, and he kept buying territory right next to all of my cities. And so all my French people were always unhappy all the time. So it's very appropriate. They were always pissed off at me. So the game went on for a while, and me and Alexander the Great kept building up this giant front on this continent. We just kept putting troops there, and it kept getting bigger and bigger. It was like, I don't know, it was like the freaking Berlin Wall was right there in the middle of this continent, just people staring on each side, kept waiting for someone to make the first move. You know, this went on for about, I don't know, like 2,000 years, you know. We finally get to, like, the atomic age. People start discovering bombs and stuff. And like, oh, now there's planes on each side about to attack each other, but still no one does anything. The whole, the whole time, we're getting culture, culture points and 
research points and all this stuff, but still no one attacks anyone. And the game keeps going on. There's more and more troops. Like every tile now is a troop on that front right there. Uh, it goes on for another, I don't know, 500 years. And then the game ends. And we won with a culture victory. And no shot was fired. And I was like, that was the most stupid game that I've ever played in my entire life. So I may be done with Civ for a while just because that was so boring to me. Uh, I know that's not the usual when you play, but I just felt like I had wasted, I don't know, seven hours of my life clicking buttons for nothing to happen. <laughs> so, I don't know. Alexander the Great was just a huge pussy the entire time. So You could have attacked him. You could have made it interesting. There's no way I'd have let him got that far before I wailed him with a brick. thing is, I was going, like, we were going up in points. We were on the same team, me and my friend. And, like, we were kept going up in points, and it was, like, showing that we were developing all these technologies. And you think, okay... The AI, the AI would say, oh, they're about to win in a different way. We should probably attack them. You know? And so I was preparing for an attack the entire game. That never happened. Yeah, usually if they, if they just amass stuff and sit there mucking around, they're not going to attack. You need to, uh, you need to attack them to remove the problem. But you're still just going to win by landmass then. You know. Yeah. I will say, though, I did build the Eiffel Tower in Paris. I felt very happy about that. Oh, you? Yeah. It's funny because I always took the other view of I build the um, wonders in cities where they don't belong. <laughs> Instead of trying to build them, build the culturally appropriate cities or wonders in the culturally appropriate places. It but, really helped me out, though. The Eiffel Tower gave me, like, Plus fifteen happiness. Oh yeah, and then like plus five happiness for every museum I had, and I was like, "What?" And so my French people went went from all I, I hate life to like, "Oh, everything is beautiful." It was in one turn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did the they really worked on the happiness stuff between three, four, and five. In three, it really didn't matter. They had to get pretty pissed off. Like, there only had to be one happy guy left in a city before they started rioting. And then after a while, tr just stuffing a massive amount of troops in that city didn't help anymore. And then you could lose the city to your nearest neighbor or whoever. Or they'd just go to barbarians. Or I don't remember exactly how it worked in 3. But in 4 and 5, you really got to stay on top of it. Or otherwise, you're going to be doomed. <laughs> quickly but did you mess at all with like changing around how each city worked because like there's ways you can make less research and more entertainment and more this and more that within each city you can really micromanage each city if they're getting unhappy and then and then if you yeah, my friend told me about that but i didn't that's too complicated. I, I was just to gonna say it's not it's not really complicated, but it's way more micromanagement than I could see. It's like looking at spreadsheets. I don't have to do that. That's not that's not fun. Yeah, that, that's what I was just. That was gonna be the the finish to my thought was that's way too much micromanagement for Glacinator. I know that much now. <laughs> but if you're, it, I, I would do it if I really thought I was gonna lose the city. But generally, I ignored it. I just left it as is. If they really started getting cranky, I would do it for a few turns and hope to hope to, you know, kind of hold them off until I could attack. 
<laughs> attack somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything other than Civ and... Uh... Uh, I played some more Osmonauts. Not really that much anymore. Uh, ever since the update that happened, I guess, maybe two, three weeks ago now, I haven't really been playing that much just because... I mean, it's a good update. It changes the game completely for the better. But they changed a lot to the character I play as, uh, the uh, British squid T-Man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and they changed his attack so that once you throw your little anchor to hold people down in a certain spot, you have to press the button again, and then it has another cooldown. So it has two cooldowns now. And they, they, act at it, they act like it's a buff to him. But really, it's just more annoying. I have to press more buttons to wait longer for the way that I play. So I don't know, it kind of ruined what I like doing in that game. Which is not the game's fault. It's just, I don't know, it's just not built for me the way I play. So, I think and they, just... they might change it later. I don't know. I'll, I might come back. Or yeah. you could pick another... Uh, you could. Uh... I've been playing with different people, but I just really like playing as the squid guy. Well, that's what I was going to say. I In games like that, I get hung up on one particular, particular character or in an MMO setting, uh, a class, you know, and if they change it too much, I get frustrated. But what I found is if I just bore in and muck around with different combinations, I generally find something that'll keep me happy if other aspects of the game are keeping me happy, you, either MMO or non-MMO. You know, if it's just a minor change or if it's just a, a one aspect of the game has changed, I'll give it another shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, or, the thing is that the character, this character is... He was one of the most unpopular characters. I don't know why, because I love him. So they didn't touch him for, I don't know, two years, maybe a year, whenever he came out. Like, no changes at all. And then all of a sudden, they did all this stuff to him. Hmm. So, whatever. I don't think I ever unlocked him. I've seen you play as him, but I don't think I ever unlocked him. Yeah, he's pretty high up there. Um, but Okay, so that's that's what you've been playing? Yep, pretty much. Okay. Um, yeah, I, let's see. Oh, what did I play this week? I kind of bounced around. I got kind of bored and kind of tired. I did play an, a worm-like game called Zion that, or X-Zion. It's X-S-Y-O-N. I don't know how the fuck you pronounce it. There's a couple games coming on the horizon, including the early access to Arch Age. It's probably going to put that game to bed, even though I did pick up a cheap subscription on it. Um, but it's, it's just another survival sandbox building game. Um, and then I, like I said, I got kind of bored. I went back and started playing Fable 2 again and yeah, Fable 2 is fun, but I don't see myself sticking with it long term. Uh, but then the one I picked up again, I, I felt like playing a first person shooter. Um, and this has nothing to do, John, with my drunken rounds of Counter-Strike Global Offensive that I was telling about before the show. Um, that was more for pure, pure comedy's sake. But I actually I did I played that in a shot of video of it which you guys will all see it'll come next Thursday um, because we've got a brand new Wonder Plays with four of us thank you very much Roger for showing up and having fun with this uh, we all played Castle Crashers unfortunately Steam decided to be a bastard so it it's the video is going to be a little rough but it's totally worth watching if for no other reason than Glacinator fight and I fighting about which direction we were going to go. Um, or whoever was pushing the stick the other goddamn way. You're going to have to watch the video. I know which way I was pushing the stick. Somebody else, who shall remain nameless, and it could have been any of them, was pushing it the other way. You know what that reminded me of? What? That reminded me of the veto button in Halo. Oh, God, yes. Or the <laughs> kick button. 
like where everybody'd vote on like we used to do that to Carlos. Every everybody but the one person required to kick him. So they'd get all panicky that they were getting kicked from the fucking lobby. <laughs> but yeah, the veto button in Halo, I'd forgotten about that. Actually, I started playing Reach again too. But the one I played that had the most made me gave me something to think about was I played through Modern Warfare two again. Now if I recall right, John, you picked that up briefly. Uh, yeah, and, I, I, I had borrowed it from my uh, from my cousin. Right, and, and what I found interesting is I played through it. I beat it in like I don't know. I was only playing it on normal, so I beat it in like six hours, I think, uh, six seven hours. It was one day. I, I installed it on Sunday at some point and finished it by Sunday night. And. Uh, what I find interesting is playing through that. I'm never, ever, ever going to be able to play through another COD game. I've played so many different shooters now that give you different um, options and give you such wide-ranging avenues of how you attack something. And the two that come right off the top of my head are Ghost Recon Future Soldier and Arma 3. That midway through the second level in... COD Modern Warfare 2, and that's an older COD, I totally understand, but I know their mo- their level making has not changed that much. I, I looked it up and I talked to some folks before I decided to talk about this on the show. Um, was that about the third set piece in, I'm just sitting here in my chair going, set piece, set piece, set piece. Oh look, no more enemies are going to spawn. Oh look, there's no fucking way for me to take any cover and I'm getting shot from 90 different directions at once. And it's like, that's COD. That's the that's what you get when you buy one of those games. And for a lot of people, that's great. And I'm fine with it existing. Do not mistake this for one of those, oh, COD sucks now because it got popular rants. That's horseshit. I would never say something that, quite that stupid. Um, but I, it's just totally reinforced why that, that game style is not for me. And what's funny is it took damn near eight years for me to prove myself wrong on something I said way back in the very archaic and primordial ooze beginnings of the show. Gabe of Penny Arcade went played Modern Warfare, the original COD4, with Tycho and dropped it after about 20 minutes because he said this shooter is archaic and lame. There's no cover mechanic. There's no modern to it why am I playing this and I now agree with him because if Rainbow Six has a cover mechanic if Gears of War has a cover mechanic if Arma gives me multiple avenues to shoot if even in Battlefield like Battlefield Bad Company 2 and Battlefield 3 to a certain extent multiplayer you had multiple avenues to go attack something not so much single player in Battlefield 3 but totally the in Battlefield Bad Company 2 that COD is just set piece after set piece after set piece. You're not going to trigger enemies until you go to this point. You have to basically follow this linear path and, and get just vandalized in the process. Uh, I just I, I have played too many other games that show me what shooters can be capable of for me to ever buy into the formula that is COD. And it's just mind-boggling to me that it took me eight years to finally understand what what you know Mike of Penny Arcade or Gabe as he's also known was talking about because it, it, I think if I recall right it pissed me off at the time and I said dude if the game's just not for you 
then fuck off. Uh, but you know, it, it, but he's absolutely right. I after especially Arma Three, where you have cover mechanics and where you can lean, like you can lean when you're crouched, you can lean when you're, you know, you've got a combat roll that basically allows you to roll over while you're prone. You know, I, I just. It was stunning to me how much I really did not enjoy going back into a, a modern warfare game, um, and I'm not going to spend the amount of money to buy Ghosts or Modern Warfare Three or Black Ops Two to find out if they've changed it at all because I'm about damn certain they haven't. Uh, so, but conversely, though, something like Counter Strike that I know damn good and well—that's what it is. That's what it's always been. Is fun in short bursts. Because you're just basically running and gunning. You don't have to worry about loadouts. Most death matches are set up to where you don't even get to pick your loadout. You pick, you get a gun, you go shoot people with it. And sometimes you know you're gonna end up you're gonna end up staying alive longer. Other times, and you get a shotgun and camping morons have fucking sniper rifles. You're doomed for a bit. But it tends to even out in the end because even in a four or five margarita state, I was a, I was able to stay pretty close to. 500 and kill death ratio <laughs> which was mind-boggling considering how much freaking tequila tequila i know was in those margaritas so it's it's interesting battlefield might drag me back in if if i played or if i uh if they did another bad company but that cod battlefield style of of shooter anymore it's it's just totally not my not for me not for me anymore <laughs> Oh, and I think that's what we've been playing. Um, so, Wonder Place this week we played we played uh, Castle Crashers. Mm-hmm. That was uh, did you and Roger discuss it at either work the next day or some other time that 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 was kind of fun or did did it not come up in conversation? Because I know well, Glace and I discussed it on the Facebook message, but. I said to a couple of people the next day that was the most fun I'd had in gaming in, in quite some time, even with the technical hiccups of Steam deciding to be a bitch the one night we want to use it. Out yeah. of all the nights we don't. Yeah, I mean, we we agreed we had a pretty fun time doing it, and it was it was it was too bad about the the buffering with the Steam thing. But I mean, that's I I, I don't think that was anybody's as we said anybody's fault in particular. It was just Steam. Being, being a drag. No, you will notice that we kind of blame it on Glacinator's college internet and some nights, and Glacinator will even admit this, some nights we'd have been right. <laughs> but once we, re- John and I realized we couldn't get in our inventory to check our two fancy trading cards that we'd gotten, because neither of us had really played the game, um, on PC, uh, th- that it was just Steam in general. I thought it was funny. The, the one thing I found humorous is Roger presents himself as very, well, kind of reserved, pretty laid back. You know, it's the one time he was on the show. But I heard him say, God fucking damn it, when something happened, when we were fighting our <laughs> boss. And I was actually focusing on what we were doing, so I did not have the opportunity to laugh as hard as I wanted to. <laughs> but to see him reach that same frustration level that John was reaching with zombies hanging off of him and left for dead was kind of comical because oh okay there is a trigger point for even more calm gentle natured people i mean i've seen it with glaze so often now it's not it's not any it's it's not a um subject of fascination for me it takes glaze a long time but i've seen it enough times at this point (laughs) 
I don't even remember what the hell happened to him that made him do it, but it was. Uh, oh, I know what it was. What was it? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a good part in the video too because I died and got to watch most of that. Uh, the 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 friggin' uh, run stage where you oh. where, we're, where we're running from the and he he thought he was in the wall, but lag got him and it ran him right into the wall. Yeah, the the Battletoad stage. Yeah, he popped off with a good one. That's right. That's what you were calling it. That's an apt way to call it. He popped off right there, and I thought, oh, yeah. It happens to everybody. That is, That video is video games, playing video games with your friends to me in a nutshell. Even the most calmest person can have that one thing hit him wrong and just have it <laughs> just go off. <laughs> yeah. I knew I was going to suck at it, so I didn't really care. I just want uh, I just want to have fun. Yeah, it was it was fine. You know, I mean, I I had I had a pretty pretty good blast. I mean, sometimes the lag actually worked in your favor to give you a second to 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 see what was ahead on that uh, Battletoad stage, but if you got stuck, but you got stuck. Yeah, I was just going to say I'm glad it worked out in your favor. It seemed to bite me in the ass every time it did it. Well, I, I can't say it was great every time, but it, <laughs> there were there were moments where I didn't feel so stupid about it. Glace, you, 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 any other thoughts you'd like to add about that? Uh, just about that, that we're sitting here bullshitting about it, because, I mean, adding in some of the Wonder Play stuff, give give people that live and listen to the audio podcast a reason to go actually watch the video. Um, I think they call that cross-marketing or something that I didn't pay attention to in college. Because um, I was happy to hear you say in the Facebook messages that you, John, and I share that it was one of your... It kind of it harkened back to me, us playing Battlefield and COD. On a good night, huh. on a non-Carlos or Michael night, or when they were being okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, I just like that game. There's not much pressure to win. I mean, you want to beat the levels, but I mean, if you die, it's not like a huge deal. You know, Left for Dead and other stuff that we we've been playing. It's like if you die, it's like, well, there it goes. Forty-five minutes, you know, of my life. This is like, oh no, back at the beginning again. No, now now I'm on a pooping deer. You know, it doesn't. You can be silly with it and relax and have a good time. I don't know. That, that's the type of games that I really like. Is you can just, you know, who cares what happens? Well, I don't know about for you, John. I don't know how Left 4 Dead affected you as far as uh, the, the completionist aspect. But that's that's something that maybe I should have made more clear. Is not the word I want to use. I should have made it a more prominent thought. I'm not worried about completing it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, and I really even shouldn't worry about how long a video we shoot. Uh, that's just more a, a convenience for me, I guess, which I should just give up on or figure out a good way to split them up. Um, it's just about having fun while you're doing it. If we don't, you know, if, if we play Left for Dead again, we don't, and and we fail, big deal, you know. Glaze. So, I mean, may, may, maybe that'll help you. I understand totally what you mean because I feel far less pressure playing Castle Car- Castle Crashers. What about you, John? I mean, does it, do, do, do different games affect you like that, like Glaze and I, or is it just, yeah, it's a video game? Uh, yeah, I don't really care that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I totally... just, I'm, just, I'm just happy to have fun. I mean, I, I like being able to to move to move ahead and progress and feel like we're we're, we're getting somewhere with what we're doing. Sure, but. You know, it, it doesn't. It, no, it doesn't really affect me that much. Yeah, because uh, like I told you guys pre-show, and maybe it would be a good idea to get it on the old recorder. Um, 
th- that series is about having fun. It's not about completing. It's not about look at our mad skills, which I'm not sure I have any in any video game ever. It's not why I play them. Um, but you know, that's that's the point. We do serial business is serial business here often enough. That why do it? You know why bother with it? Care about it? So. Um, I did a really dumb thing this week, guys. I watched a few episodes of a Doomsday Prepper show. And <laughs> I I really feel like I fell off the stupid cliff doing that. Because I can understand, like, Downward Glacinator lives, being prepared for a hurricane or a tornado or, or some other weather event. In your case, John, you know, maybe having some extra clothes in the car in case a blizzard hits while you're at work. That That kind of preparation makes sense to me. Yeah. Preparing for the end of the fucking world seems like the dumbest thing and dumbest thing ever. And on top of that, most of those people don't strike me as having a survival instinct. Because really, truthfully, if the world ends tomorrow, the survivors are going to need a survival instinct big time. And that's probably going to include an asshole clause where you may have to do things that you would not do as a normal, you know, uh, civilized human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it made me wonder, uh, John, we'll start with you because there's some of your comments about, about, you know, types of games you don't like to play. How do you think you would do if you were an honest to God survivor? And we don't need to, to add, you know, there's so many different types of, oh, this is going to take us out or, or people who are preparing solely for the zombie apocalypse. Oh, wow. You got way too much time on your hands. Um, how do you think you would do in a post-apocalyptic setting? We talked, we've, we talk a hundred times about these games, but I thought it'd be interesting to talk about us ourselves, the, the, the people playing games like that, would mm-hmm. do in those scenarios. So how, how, do you think you, how do you think you would roll, or, or what, do you, what do you think your survivability rate would be if, if everything went to hell in a handbasket tomorrow for whatever reason? <laughs> Well, <laughs> to be honest, I'm not really sure how well I would do because, I mean, besides, you know, having, you know, you have to be smart about what about how to survive and and all this stuff. I, I just wonder how how practical I would I I actually would be. You know what I mean? Like, like just skills and know how to to survive. Um, like I'll, give, I'll just give you a, an example. Um, like I have a problem in my house, and an awful lot of the time I have to go find help to get advice about things. If I was left to my own devices, perhaps I'd figure it out. But if I was in a survival situation, I can't call up my buddy on the phone and say, "Come over and take care of this zombie for me." <laughs> I'm gonna have to deal. But then again, if I was if I was thrust into the into a moment where I had to, you know. Make a make a crack decision. I think you know. I like to think that I'd be all right, but uh, maybe I wouldn't. It's and a fact. Well, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Uh, oh, we can we can we can we can jump on that up for a bit if, if, for a minute if you want. What the you know? I'll call I'll call oh. it street I'll call it street smarts. Or, oh, the, or the, the 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 we'll get to that in a second. But it, 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 I was just going to say that it's a fascinating topic to think about in general putting yourself in that place because mm-hmm. my background in some aspects is different than a lot of other people who are here wandering the internet realms and playing video games. 
But yet, you might be kind of surprised about how I think, um, you know, I would do. Glace, how about you? How do you think you'd do in a situation like that? And we'll get into the moral gray areas that John's kind of hitting at here in a minute. We got we got to specify stuff here. There's there's various plans for various situations. It depends where I am. Do I feel like I? Why do I feel like I just insulted you by calling all doomsday preppers idiots? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as you know, I have in in my life I have had situations that have been sort of doomsday ish. So let's 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 just say where you're at right now. Let's just call it, let's just, the world ends okay. for a reason. And I'm not talking just locally, because remember, I was in what, Alabama. What does that mean, the world The world ends? Does the world go into a black hole? Do we run to a planet like a melancholia? Placenator, don't overthink this. You're ruining what's I, I got to, to. You're ruining what's supposed to what be. What kind of world a, ending is this? It doesn't fucking are, are matter. Are we all suddenly turning into cows? It's, I, not about, it's not about how the world ends. It's about... You gotta survive on your own, no support system, maybe a couple other people at most. How do you think you do? It doesn't matter how it ends. Remember, I was in Alabama during Katrina. We, we got wailed a little bit up there, and people flipped out. You survived Katrina and made it through that, so you have a probably better sense than than either of us do. But it's not about the setting. If you got to think of a setting in your head, fine. This is a is this a fire ice ending? Don't push my fucking buttons, dude. <laughs> no Robert Frost? Okay. No. It's just a shit's gone horribly wrong. You gotta survive. How would you do? How do you think you would do? Where all your comforts are gone. Everything's stripped away. You know, John, when I thought of this question, I thought you'd have more of a problem with it than Mr. I need specifics over here. I really did. This is this is why <laughs> this shit's I have more time to daydream, so... Yeah, that is true. I think about these things. You know, think about, like, when you were in class in school, you'd sit there, you know, in your desk, and you'd be like, what if everyone in the world died but the people in this class? What would we do? Did you never, not ever do that? Wow, you're... I do, that, I do that all the time. Far more existential than I ever am. No, when I was in... Maybe in college, I was thinking about drinking. In high school, I was thinking about either whatever sport I was playing at the time and practice and other shit I didn't want to do. I just wanted to play the games. Uh, Younger than that, it was probably either going to skate with my friends or going to ride my dirt bike. I literally never never had these end-of-the-world scenarios pop into my head when I was a kid. John, did you? Uh, Sometimes. Uh, I mean... See, I never did. (laughs) I mean, but... I, I, I wonder what the world would be like if if you were left alone and you were the only person around, or or if uh, you know, like the, the whole I, the whole concept of the zombie apocalypse is, is came kind of came later. The whole you know the the, the the zombies being in the public consciousness, but like if the you know I was I've read books where like for example um, the Day of the Triffids book. Have you ever read that one? I've heard of it, but I have not. Obtained a copy and sat yeah. down to read it. Well, basically, a, a a large flash in the sky blinds most of the population, and and also and there are also these plants that are that are, can can move around and 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 are, are carnivorous and stuff, and and they're kind of overrunning the the land, and and um, but there's only a few people who can see, and 
and they have been trying to help the people who can't, and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it, it's a it's it's a it's a pretty interesting book, and you know, putting myself in that situation, if I was someone who had sight, you know, there's a whole leadership, uh, how much of a leadership quality do you have to 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 step to step up and step forward, right? You're going to watch about how little I should be allowed to lead people. Here's your scenario, Glaze. John, this does not apply to you because you didn't decide to, you decided not to screw with me. Bonus cookies for you for not fucking with me. It is the rapture. Five percent of the population's left. All governments have shut down. It's free for all. And the Antichrist is going to actually appear. I love doing this because I know how many anti-theists and atheists listen to this show. Um, and the Antichrist is going to appear, bringing hell on earth with him in six months. Could you survive? Put yourself in that scenario. Could you do what it takes to survive in that? I didn't go to heaven? Oh, damn it. <laughs> That's what you get for screwing with me. You didn't get to go. Uh, Among well, I mean, if the world is definitely going to end in six months, then there's no point. I mean... No, I didn't say he was, for six months? I didn't I, say he was ending the world. I just said he was going to make it even worse than the chaos of no government, no structure, no laws, essentially anarchy. So it's you got to survive as it gets increasingly harder. Thinking think of it as as a, as a level curve. It starts out easy, but it gets harder and harder. Uh, I think it all comes down to the first week. What are you doing the first week? What group you line up with? Glaze, all, when you think about The Walking Dead and the game and the, the show and all that, I mean, all that movie that is about is that what group you're in. Does it suck or not? If it does, leave. That's most most apocalyptic stories. It's that comes down that first week. That Glacinator's got. Yeah, but you're still not. It's funny, John. You and I internalize this, and Glacinator's deflecting. You, you're still not. You're still. It's. I find it funny. I don't want you to try and answer it again. I'm perfectly happy with your answer. I just find it funny that you're not discussing yourself singular. <laughs> it it shows what you would probably need in that scenario because John, it, it, you know, John kind of talked about himself singular. You're talking about groups and aligning yourself with this, and I need specifics and 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 you know, and I'm one of these people that nothing in human biology leads me to believe that there ever could be a zombie apocalypse. I think there could be a mass pandemic that wipes out people and they stay dead, you know, a, a la the, the Black Death. The zombie apocalypse in and of itself, the fact that, that, that it's risen to such popularity in popular culture is amazing to me when you think about the fact that the Black Death is scary enough. That if it ever came back, you're still doomed. <laughs> there's just no antagonist there it's just a disease i think that's why the zombie i think honestly that's why the zombie apocalypse is such a popular culture topic or so popular in culture it's because it gives you it gives you something to fight against nuclear nuclear holocaust it's it's a percentages game that, and that's where glacinators give me specifics is sort of apropos in that in the zombie apocalypse you have a chance of survival from the onset because you're not dead or, you know, so you didn't rise from the dead. Whereas the black death, it's really a matter of statistics. It's really a matter of probability <laughs> that you have no 
uh, real handed determining to a large extent. Same with the nuclear holocaust. It's flip of the coin luck whether you survived or not. Um, so I guess Glacinator's aspect, is not what I was looking for initially, is, is interesting. But it does come down to what I, I know John, I don't know if he was squirming in his seat or not, was thinking about. And that's the thing. You have now removed the rule of law, John. <laughs> Meaning that your life may very well be threatened. Uh, you know, and, and force you to make choices. Something that they did in the Walking Dead games better than the show. Of course, I have not seen all the seasons of the show yet. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, something they also did extremely well in the comic books. Um, the, the, given that the, it's 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 not the world we currently live in, how do you think you would respond to some of those? Because they're going to happen. I mean, you're going to be confronted with things that you would not be confronted with in a normal, polite, supposedly civilized, although I have my questions about that, <laughs> society. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you, you mentioned talking about singular. You know, part of it is also my, my, my family, assuming my family is with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, you know, I, I think about this today. If someone threatens my, threatens my son, I... And if it ever happened in a real sense, I really don't know how I would uh, contain myself, <laughs> you know, in a certain sense. Like if, if something, God forbid, something, something, someone threatened him in some way, right? I don't know. I don't know how I'd handle it. And, and so if I was in a, in a, in some sort of a post-apocalyptic world where my family was being threatened, I probably, you know, if I if, if all it would take would be a little dose of gamma radiation, I'd probably turn to a big green monster and tear the head off somebody, right? <laughs> that's the way I, that's the way I picture myself. Would, would it really happen, or would I just shit myself? I don't know. But it's it's very interesting because I I I think I think different things kick in our survival instincts. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have I don't have a wife. I don't have children. I don't have any of that. Uh, Glycinator's got a girlfriend and and family. While I do have family uh, that I do care about, others that I don't, um, uh, you know, because in my background, I have, uh, you know, I, I'm not uh, lost in the outdoors. Not, I'm not saying either of you are. I'm just stating, you know, the fact that I've, I'm, I hate using the word outdoorsman because that, that, that for whatever reason, that bell, bear girls is fucked that term for everybody because that's what everybody thinks of and i got news for you there's varying levels not all of us are that nuts um you know and so i i know that i have the skill set to be able to survive off the land but glacinator nailed and funnily enough i don't think they've ever tried it on purpose what the reality is and i don't think your skill set necessarily matters and i'll get into it more in depth and and actually say what i think would happen to me uh, here in a second, but how about you, Glaze, with the the morally gray area? Would you would you have any problem doing whatever it took to survive and protect those that you were with in your little hypothetical group of peoples? Do I live in the South? Yes. Yeah. Is there easy access to gun here? <laughs> yeah. To guns here? Yes. Would I shoot someone if they piss me off? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's really not a problem to me. I don't know. That may that may say a lot about me, but I mean, 
No, because I honestly think I honestly think it, for most average rational people, which both of you are without a doubt, you're both far more calm and far more reasonable than I am. I, I, I make no bones about that, and part of that part of that's entertaining. You know, I know that entertains some people. Me going off, so I do it. But there's a switch in most rational people, and I really don't think. And I, I I've debated this with people that you would know what to do until you were directly threatened. And I think that's where that's where your personal makeup kind of will your instincts will guide you. If you're if you're you know human if your human nature instincts that we've had since we walked upright that's made us violent never have been civilized assholes from the word go from the first time Og hit Grog in the head with a rock because he had a bigger piece of fucking meat. Uh, you know, I mean, not much has changed uh, to my mind. And maybe that's a cynical view. Oh, it's probably a cynical view, but it, but it's sorry. There's a lot of things that <laughs> that say I'm right that happen daily uh, or at least partially right. I, I don't think that you can really know until you're confronted with it but you guys kind of went along those lines that i thought you might and that's the same thing for me i own guns so right off the bat i feel more protected or i feel more confident that i have the tools to survive but what but teasing it i teased it twice and now i'll finally say it every survival apocalypse game i've ever played that's open world sandbox that's as close to a simulation of what you would do you know, whether it's Worm Online or whether it's this Zion or S-Y-O-N or Seven Days to Die or um, Planet Explorers or anything, anything where you're starting from scratch and there's no built-in safety net. Glacinator absolutely nailed it. The first few days is so chaotic and so luck-based on whether you live or die. And obviously in a video game you come back, but that that's really probably going to be more of a determining factor initially to my mind is pure luck of the draw. I know I have the skill sets to survive if everything went to hell in a handbasket tomorrow. I just don't know what other people are going to do in my general area people I may run across. And I don't know how it's all going to play out in that first couple days of holy shit, everything's gone to hell in a handbasket. So I, I and and video games of that type prove out that that's true because mm-hmm. you literally Glace, you remember this in Minecraft? You start out scared out of your brain, afraid of everything. You're literally walling yourself into a dirt wall at night and listening to zombies outside and and, and you know and creepers and and skeletons in the early days of Minecraft. And then as you go along, you gain more and more confidence. And then it gets to the point where you are, you know, you are master of all you survey. There's nothing, you know, you run around outside at night, um, you know, you do whatever you want. You don't worry about going to bed necessarily, you know. And, and, and I, I, I think that that would probably play out in real life, too. I think that's one thing that transfers. I don't know. Thoughts on, on, that, on any of that, either of you, whoever wants to go? Just don't walk by any volcanoes, Bruce. Yeah, if, yeah. If I have to deal with lava, I'm doomed. That is true. <laughs> yeah, if the if the dormant volcano that's 45 minutes or an hour north of me goes off with the uh, apocalypse, I might be a deep shit. 
Yeah, that could be a little bit of a problem. Um, but th- but but do you think it would go along those lines of how you felt in Minecraft Glaze, your first few days? No, no, yeah. I mean, Minecraft is primarily a survival game, not yeah. even a crafting game. It's a survival game. I mean, so th- that first week that you play, I mean, that's literally what a survival situation is. And it's so damn hard to recapture those feelings and that oh, yeah. fear uh, of it. You know, I think that's why I, I don't have a problem with giving 15 to 20 bucks to a lot of the good ones that come along. Because that that sense of chaos, because it's so easy to shut it off, is is fun to play with. It's fun to experience. But again, you know you have the safety net. How about you, John? Do you, do we, do you have any uh, different take or any other thoughts on, on that? Uh, uh, I would... I would. I mean, when I the the Minecraft example. I mean, when I played when I first got Minecraft. Uh, I mean, I, it was in one of the early beta beta times, and I had that sense of fear when I first started playing and not knowing what the heck was going on. So much that I didn't understand what I had to do, and I I I, I just stopped playing it. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about about me there, but but it's um it's it's a different kind of. Uh, I don't know, but that's the yin and the yang of 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 the fact that we're not facing it for real, and I yeah. think that's the ultimate test. And now, if you like, like my first day in Worm was even worse than Minecraft because it's like you literally don't know what's going on. Nobody is like anywhere near you. You know, uh, even though it's a, a a server populated with people. It's big enough that you don't see other people. So you start getting that alone feeling. There's all these creatures that you cannot do anything with. Mm-hmm. You know? And but but that's also the the yin and the yang of a being a video game. I went from being scared out of my gourd going through you know, like a day and a night to pissed off because now I'm not getting anywhere. I'm getting frustrated. Because I'm just dying over and over again. I'm not, you know, I'm getting nailed, hammered left and right. Yeah. But but that but my first say five hours in Worm were some of the most heart pounding. It's like God damn, I'm just no clue what I'm doing. I'm running around like a lunatic, you know. And but I I think that's I think ultimately the the part you will never know until that situation happens is. Would you would you be able to just buckle down and bow your neck and 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 carry on because it is real and because you have people depending on you or because you're in a group you know depending on your situation? I when I when I real when I started thinking about this topic and it's been a couple weeks now, it really stunned me how much some of these survival games do accurately depict the chaos of an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, wasn't that you know fleeing fleeing the city during Katrina Glaze? I'm assuming it was just a melee. It was just chaotic. Just get out. Was it not? <laughs> we lose Glaze again. Uh, we actually left. We. Oh, you're breaking up, dude. Hear me? Yes. No. Yeah. Now we can. Try again. Uh oh, we have lost the glacinator. Yeah, I don't like him in the 
I don't like him in the freshman dorms. The internet's fucked. Yeah, <laughs> 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 oh, I've had this topic rolling around in my head for a couple of weeks. I don't, I don't even remember what game I was playing. We're waiting for Glacier to come back. I'm saying that because I'll probably do this in the show because you and I are still bullshitting. Um, I don't even remember what game I was playing, but I was like, damn, you know, every one of these is a chaotic mess until you start to get a handle on what you're supposed to be doing, and then you just buckle down and start shelter, food, you know. All right, Glacier, you back? Oh, hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. I think you're you, you just supposed to be legging out a little bit. That that freshman dorm must not like your like internet much. No. <laughs> Anyway, so so you guys, uh, what it sounded like you started to say was you guys got out before the real panic hit. Yes, we left a day before. So we were actually in Graceland when the levees actually broke. It was kind of amusing. So you There's were in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. There's a picture of all of us at 9 a.m. when the levees broke in front of the Graceland gates. With the stupidest smiles on her faces, so it's, it's a very eerie picture. <laughs> I don't like looking at it. So you wrote but, it uh, out even further north than I did, technically. Yeah, but uh, after Rita was a real problem because after Katrina happened, we went back down south. My dad was going to work in Texas, and uh, we didn't evacuate in time for Rita, and so we were stuck in traffic on uh, the interstate for two days. Oh shit. So, yeah, that was the real problem, was, was Hurricane Rita. And when was that? I forget. I rem- That was maybe a week and a half after Katrina. Maybe not, not even that. Yeah, now I'm vaguely remembering, because it kind of went towards Texas, so we didn't get much of it in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but it was right where I was in Texas. So, I mean, they were following us all over the place, which is kind of freaky. And, uh, yeah, we left late that day and so we didn't we didn't leave in time to miss all the traffic and then we were just in the car just forever you know that's the other funny thing about emergency situations and dealing with other people though john from my perspective because i was i don't remember how many hours montgomery alabama is to to new orleans but it's not it's not massive i'd say what glaze maybe five hours does that sound about right I lose, or is it more towards eight? I think it's a little bit more than that. Even more than eight? I'd say, I'd say, I'd say nine, eight or nine. Okay, um, I'll look up the mileage real quick while I'm saying this. But because we got the tropical storm aspect, uh, which don't get me wrong, was nothing what Glacier and his family had to put up with. Um, oh shit, to New Orleans. Uh, people, uh, according to Google Maps, uh, it's four hours and 23 minutes in current traffic. What? Yeah. Montgomery to Mobile and into, um... Into Mobile. Montgomery I guess to... I thought it was further up than that. Yeah, it's not, it's actually not. It's only 309 miles. Now, I would still have been another probably 45 minutes uh, east of that because I lived in Auburn, Alabama. But they, because of what it happened right down there on the coast and because the floods happened, uh, because the levees broke, everybody was panicking about fuel, right? And so 
I don't remember Denny, my roommate's circumstances, but I had just filled up both tanks on my big ranch-approved diesel pickup that I took back there with me, which was lunacy in and of itself. So I had something like 30 gallons of fuel. So I was pretty good to go, even going to work <laughs> for a while. So, And I think he was pretty much in similar similar uh, situation with his gas pickup. And so we were in out, we were in Walmart because the storm had passed. You know, I mean the 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 small, tiny, minuscule portion that that Auburn, Alabama had gotten, and and Montgomery and places like that had passed, and it was clear as a bell. And so we were getting ready to go fishing that weekend. We're in Walmart fishing, and there are people buying every gas can they can get their hands on. There are people flipping out buying water, even though everything's gone and nothing hit Alabama again after that. Rita went the other way. <laughs> And, I mean, it was to the point, I think Glaze has heard me tell this story on the podcast before, of this girl walks up to us with a, uh, with a water jug, like a, like a water jug you'd see on a city workman's truck or a Gatorade cooler you'd see on a football stadium, sideline, asking us if it would hold gasoline. Which, by the way, for the record, they will not. <laughs> Gas will eat those things. <laughs> It's not the right kind of plastic. No, it's not. And it's just, I think about that and some of the stuff I've talked about with Glacinator about, about his experiences. I, th- that was like a localized event. <laughs> you put that on a continent-wide scale. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it's kind of messy. It would be kind of gross, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's kind of that's actually really surprising, Glace. I was I didn't know it was under four hundred miles. <laughs> no, I never don't really have much reason to go to Montgomery. Uh, I won't say that. Ah, there's a couple cool museums there, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it looks like about maybe another forty five minutes or so. Um, yeah, I was down as far as where the hell is it? I don't remember the name of the town. Um, I was down along the coast once, but I was, shit, I don't even remember what the name of the town next to that military base is, but yeah, I, I, I never went to New Orleans because everybody said it was rebuilding so slowly. Um, we had some, we had some veterinary people go down there to help with lost animals and stuff. And they said that even months later, they said it was rebuilding so slowly. I'm like, well, I guess I'm ticking. I guess I'm crossing off my list. One of the things I wanted to do, I lived in the Southeast. And so I never went to new Orleans. (laughs) How long were you guys in Mississippi? Glaze? We were there for a year or half a year, I guess. No, we were there. We were there a little less than a year. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So I mean that's 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 the thing. That's that was one of the silly questions I got. We got a slight bit of time left. Anything happened to you guys this week? I don't care what it's about. Um <laughs> Ooh, uh you might be proud of me, Bruce, but uh I've uh, been quite an asshole lately. And it's uh I like how that's good, good I like results. How, I like how that's my <laughs> reputation. I'm proud of it because he's been an asshole. You need to now I'm gonna flip the script on you. You need to give me context. What what has taken place? Has somebody been treating you like a doormat or are you just going around doing this randomly? Because that's what I fear people think I do, like in my everyday life. Is I just go around <laughs> randomly acting like I do on Wonderpod. 
which couldn't be further from the truth, but it's I, I don't correct people because it's amusing to, that people think may think that. Um, so so give us, a, without making too much of a mess, give us a, a, some context into why you've had to be an asshole. Okay, so you're aware that I'm in the freshman dorms against my will, correct? Right. Yes, in that and one. And you're aware that I'm not very happy about this situation either, right? Yes, and you're also sure. I may up. or may not have been large asshole to my roommate <laughs> and i will say it probably was deserved uh he was doing things that were unnecessary to be doing in a room when i'm trying to sleep if you oh, understand what i'm yeah. saying and oh I wait a minute of, uh, wait a minute wait a minute you're not slipping by this was it the one thing that usually pisses off most normal people I'm going to say right now for the record, I'm not a normal person, but I didn't get there. I got there through just repeated events of this happening. And did it involve him and somebody else? Yes, it did. Oh, wow. He actually did that in a dorm room. While I was trying to sleep. I would have. Yes. Judge McGee, asshole extraordinaire, totally. You were totally righteous. I would have beat his ass for that. I've had well, it done these to are, me. These are football players. I just have to yell like a short, little angry man. <laughs> I, no, that's that's perfectly acceptable, and I'm glad to hear you're still breathing. I've had it happen to me in hotel rooms I've shared after a, a drunken fest. That I'm okay with, because most of the time, because I pass out 30 seconds later laughing, or I I give commentary. I did do that one time. A uh, b- good buddy of mine that, that I rodeoed with was had brought a woman home from the bar that we'd gone to after the rodeo. And I told him three times, do not do it. We're sharing a room. You're not doing this. We're sharing a room. And he did it anyway. And so until you I passed... You a commentary? Yeah, until I passed out, I, I, I basically judged them. <laughs> not judge them as in, I think you're going to burn in the pits of hell and sin. I have no, I have no business throwing those stones. None whatsoever, fucking ever. But I, I judged them like I, like it was the Olympics. Uh, well, well, that's going to leave America, that kind of thing. Well, essentially, I said that her hip placement was off, and that he's not really enjoying <laughs> that, and that you should maybe move a little forward, and mm, and and a, you know, don't ride him. Somebody's not going to stick the landing, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, don't ride him facing away. That means you don't like him. <laughs> that kind of thing. I mean, he is just, I could see him glaring at me through the dark. I mean, it's pitch black in his hotel room. And the next day, when he just started to bitch at me when we were at breakfast before the drive home, the hangover drive home that was so infamous with so many of those rodeos I went to in my 20s, I just told him, I said, I warned you three times in varying states of drunkenness, starting with when we were sober. Because this guy was pretty famous for this crap. Mm-hmm. That if you want to do this, get another room. I mean, honestly, I don't care about the act. whoop the fucking do P- Again, people have been doing that since we walked upright. But there's just certain situations where it's just not funny. <laughs> you know? And I, mm-hmm. a hotel room is still more acceptable to me than what happened to Glaze. Yeah. And I mean, it's my senior semester, you know, oh, I'm yeah. trying to go to bed at 1130 every night, which is not the ideal freshman go to sleep time. And this was also on a weekend on a weekday night as well. So I had class the next day. Oh, it wasn't even a weekend where I might no. find it slightly acceptable. Oh, no, that's bullshit. Yeah. And so I didn't you, say you anything. Gotta, you got to be careful. I, I just laid, I wanna... just laid, 
I just laid there while it was happening. I didn't say anything. But I had his phone number. He gave it to me when, we, when he first moved in. And as soon as he left, as soon as the door closed and they left, I texted him. I said, we need to talk. Like the minute the door closed, <laughs> he just texts back, oh. <laughs> and so the next morning, he like, I, like, I woke him up. I was like, dude, just what the fuck are you thinking? Like, <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I, I respect you. It's, it's just not what I'm like, uh-huh, okay. And I left. Oh, so that, so that, so that, no, that was last week. That happened last mm-hmm. week. And so this Tuesday, I came back to the room after class, and there's no stuff on his side of the room. And I have not seen him since Tuesday. <laughs> so I have my own private room now, which is a double for one person. Don't expect so. the last. She'll throw I, him out of her. She'll throw him out of her apartment, and he'll be back. That'd be my. That'd be my. I, I asked someone else. Apparently, he moved down the hall. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even if you're a Broham football player, dude, there ain't too many guys that'll put up with that. I put up with it in a drunken state. I'm not sure I'd put up with it sober. Because it happened to me a couple three years ago, but they at least had the decency to go in the bathroom. Or tell me, or tell me, it happened a couple of times. And he told me it was going to happen. Flipped me 20 bucks and I went downstairs because we were in Reno, Nevada. It was the closest, closest uh, uh, town, fun town to go to from the ranch I was working for. Working for. Uh, and I'd go downstairs and play blackjack or whatever. Yeah, usually I'd play slot machines because I was too drunk to play blackjack. I'd have lost the 20 bucks in a real quick hurry. <laughs> <laughs> the the time they went in the bathroom though was funny because I think they were in the shower and she slipped. I heard a lot of oof. <laughs> like no, no. no, it wasn't that kind of oof. It was like somebody fell over and hit pretty hard and there was clanging and battering and and nobody looked too damaged the next morning. Uh so I'm assuming that that you know in fact that uh, the one of the nights I came back after my late night gambling spree, they had passed out with her sitting on top of him. And I so wanted to go tip her over. I just wanted to go over there with like a, like my finger or find like a stick or something and just push her over. It was all I could do in my drunken state to not just go over there and push her over and see what happens. See what happened. (laughs) But yeah, living with people sucks. So was that the, was that your was that your big asshole maneuver for the week, or have you been on a real spree? Yeah, no, that that's it. Oh, I mean, I just I'm the jaded old guy on campus now. So nice. everyone's like, uh, today was career fair day, and so I was wearing like my nice business attire, whatever that is, walking around campus. I look like a like a young TA or something, I guess. And so people kept asking me for like directions and stuff. And I'm like, leave me. Like, I think I said, leave me alone. <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of, what kind of, um, what are we talking here? Like, like vest and tie with slacks. Are we talking full? No, just nice button up shirt, dress pants, belt, nice shoes. Not, not anything too fancy. You know, people dress dress pretty trashy here, so <laughs> comparatively. That's most universities, though. I've always so it's, walk- it's gotten worse. 
Oh, has it's it? gone. It's gotten worse. I walk fast, partly because of my height and partly because I've always been that way. So I never had that problem when I was a senior. There was I'd see stumbling freshmen and I'd just put it in another gear, like lost you freshmen who look just pathetic and lost. And it was an asshole move to leave them hanging because it's like that can't the camp any college campus is a pain in the ass and you're just terrified you're going to be late or this or that. I, I, it's actually like the scenario we were talking about earlier. You start out like this terrified freshman, and by senior year, you you have no fucks left to give. No, no. I, I really don't. I really don't have any at all. I'm in the negative numbers right now. Is that how it went for you, John? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't give any shits at the end. Did you live in dorms? See, I never did. I lived in a, a, a. I either commuted from home because my sister and I were going at the same time because of my screwing off <laughs> in my early years. She's two years younger than I'm, and she was so hell bent to live away from home. I just said, you know what? I'll commute. I don't care. I don't care as long as I got a bed to sleep in. That's really all I require. No, <laughs> and, I, and, and internet. Well, I I lived at home um, for my first. Uh... First couple of years of my of my degree, and then I and then I moved in with some of my some of my buddies, and that was basically like a dorm because there was nine of us in there. Oh, you get oh you did the like nine in one big house type deal. Yeah, yeah, which which wasn't too bad actually. We were the we were basically the party house, of course. But uh, I was just gonna say, did you ever wake up with anything drawn on you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank God. My <laughs> record is spotless, but the buddy I was talking about earlier that, that I lived with in Alabama, that stupid bastard would always pass out on the couch. And this was after I was out of college. Uh, this was a house he shared, like a bunch of us would crash there. And I think I think people that were crashing there, like me, were paying more of the rent than his actual roommates at times. Um, we never trashed the place. I mean, we kind of, you know, you don't. It's funny because even rock stars I've heard talk about, you know, trashing hotel rooms. They only do it once. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, because then the, eventually they have to pay for it. You know, even if their management takes care of them, their management bitches at them because those hotels are not cheap to fix. No, <laughs> I, I mean, I heard Slash talk about that, and I think maybe Lars that like they they only trashed one, and then it's like management told them how much it cost, and it's like, nope, we can find other ways to be stupid. And there's a lot of stupid things you could do in a house or in a hotel room without trashing the joint. Mm-hmm. That could still be fun and bring the wrath of God down on you from people next door. <laughs> but this one particular house, it had a uh, apartment for an old guy, you know, like a, a, a mother-in-law apartment. And at first we were concerned that we were pissing off the old dude. But he had glaucoma or something, and this was long before medical me- medicinal marijuana. Dude was high nine times out of ten. So once we found that out, he was totally cool. He'd come over occasionally have a beer. You know, we'd help him home because he couldn't see or the shit. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd we'd be barbecuing, we'd hand him a hot dog over the fence or something. But yeah, my one buddy, he and he lived in the house. He would always pass out on the couch. And one, the best one, one morning I came over there, I had not been at the party the night before. Him and I were going fishing. I'd had something to do, so I I had to do something, so I couldn't have been at the party the night before. I come in, I see the doors unlocked, so I open the door. Um. I walk in, and he's passed out on the couch. And as I'm walking past him, I look, and I see he's got, he's got like, a, a cheesy Snively Whiplash mustache. They've drawn – they've painted in his eyebrows with marker. 
they've done it. And they were actually nice to him because this was dry erase marker. Because we had a, they had like a little dry erase board for grocery lists and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was still on his face. <laughs> They'd given him a little goatee. They'd given him a beard too, I think, because that dude can. I don't think that dude's shaved but five times in his entire life. He's one of those people. Um, <laughs> so I went in the bathroom, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, how do I play this one? Do I tell him? Do I not tell him? And I mm-hmm. thought I'm not going to tell him. So I like woke him up. I'm like I kicked him. <laughs> Kicked him in the legs. I'm like, get up, stupid. We're supposed to be going fishing, dude. I don't care if you're hungover. Oh, let me sleep a little longer. No, get up. And so he got off the couch and wandered into the bathroom. And I heard his footsteps on the tile in that bathroom. And the bathroom was door, middle of the room. And it was a small bathroom. Middle of the room was the sink. And then the far against the far wall was the toilet. And so you had to walk right by the mirror. I heard him make the steps past the mirror in a hungover state and to the toilet, and then I hear him back up to the mirror again. And I'm like, in my head, I'm going five, four, three, two, one. Those sons of bitches! I mean, like, he yelled it as loud as he could possibly yell it. And, like, he goes pee, and he's, I hear him in there trying to scrub it off, and most of it came off. And, like, a month later, these pictures show up. And there's somebody holding a beer bottle really low on their waistline next to his mouth. They're showing people drawing on him. There's people Uh taking pictures with him. Oh, it was so great. He was the kind of dude, though, that, you know what? I was stupid enough to pass out down here. Fair play. And he just got even with some of them. We we always got even. (laughs) So, Glace, it could be a lot worse. Was that the kind of house you had, John, or were you guys more civilized? Uh, we were pretty civilized. The, the the various pranks were pretty minor, actually. <laughs> I, I I think our our various personalities didn't really uh, cater to much, you know, real big pranking. Though no. there was there was there was a couple times where we we you know, we drew in the bottom of a beer bottle with black marker and and tricked some of the guys to uh, use it like a telescope, and then you get the big you get the big. <laughs> the big black eye ring yeah 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 that we, was used, we used to do that with eyeliner on a coffee cup rim oh yeah <laughs> and then they take a sip of it they're not awake and they take a sip of it and they get this big black ring around their mouth <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty hungover for that one to work people that were alert enough would notice that something was not right about that because you didn't have to put much on there like it was no. noticeable if you knew it was there but it wasn't um Actually, the 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 house that I'd crash in when I was going to university, the four year university, it, um, the guy that had it, there was apartments all around it, and he basically told my buddies, one of whom who I transferred with from junior junior college, and I'm still friends with today. He's the military pilot I've talked about, and one of whom I met that at that house, and him and I are still good friends today. Um, he's the one. If you look at the Facebook photos of me drunk at that one thing I go to a year, <laughs> that's him and his wife in most of those photos. <laughs> anyway, um, and I know they don't listen to this, so I won't get too much trouble. <laughs> but anyway, they uh, the guy basically told them that he was just going to tear down the house and put apartments on it as soon as they moved out, or maybe one after them. So this guy literally did not give a shit what you did to this house. Right. That said, we didn't wreck it necessarily, but every Halloween and every St. Patrick's Day, we would have a party. And every year, every time, 
uh, one of them and I would go to the store. We'd buy all the cheapest booze we could make or find, buy a cheap cooler, mostly because we'd keep forgetting to clean it out the old one, uh, which you didn't want to do. And we'd make jungle juice. And then we just throw fruit in it. I mean, we're talking whiskey, we're talking vodka, we're talking all kinds of cheap booze go into this thing. And we'd tell, and then we'd let it sit in a cooler. We'd make make it the morning of the party or the night before, and then we'd let it sit in the cooler. So all that, at least for 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 your benefit, John probably knows, all the alcohol is absorbing into that fruit. Yep. And it is by far the worst possible thing you could do to um, eat that fruit. But people love fruit. And so we would tell people, you know, we'd always buy a keg and always and make jungle juice and charge a few bucks a cup. Uh, I think it was a little more for the jungle juice and a little less for the beer. But every time we would tell people, do not eat the fruit, just drink the jungle juice. Nobody'd listen. Every time after one of those Halloween or St. Patrick's Day parties, the two years I was there, so four parties total, their floor would look like Jonestown the morning after because there was just people passed out. I mean, there'd be people passed out in the lawn because they would eat that fruit and just get immediately hammered beyond all recognition. (laughs) And so the next day, you'd go out in the yard and there'd be four or five people laid out in the yard. Four or five people in the living room. I always slept on the couch. And I had to share it with his dog, who sadly recently passed away. Not too sad because he was like 14 or 15 years old. But And so the dog and I would fight over the couch. But everybody that came to the party knew that was me and Rex's couch. <laughs> so they didn't even try. Especially after I rolled one drunk off of it out on his face on the coffee table. Um, but every morning, I would every time I'd wake up and I'd have to step over people to go to the bathroom. Because there'd be people passed out everywhere. But that house was awesome. We didn't trash it because we knew the guy didn't care. But it made us feel more comfortable and confident to have parties there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just, it was a great place. I bet I should really drive down. It's not that far from where I live now. I should really drive down there and see if that guy actually went through with his threat and tore that old house down and put up apartments for college students. <laughs> oh... That was a one Halloween. I was walking home from the bar, and I watched a guy walk right into a tree and <laughs> fall down right there. Mm-hmm. But in my drunken state, I knew I only had so far to go, so much more energy before I was going to pass out. So All I didn't right. even stop. I just, <laughs> I just left him laying there where he'd fallen and just kept going. <laughs> I felt kind of bad about it the next day, but it was so funny because he was like trying to keep pace with me. And I've already said that I walk fast. And it's like, he, like we're walking like we're in some kind of lame walking marathon. And we're walking along and like I'm on the edge of the sidewalk and he's right in the middle. And that's where they planted all these trees that kind of split the sidewalk down the middle. And he just wham right into that tree and just... Pfft, over he went. I never even broke stride. I just kept right on going. <laughs> but I remembered it the next day. I wasn't so inebriated that I didn't remember it. <laughs> so I had one class that next day, and so I parked in a parking lot that was close to there, and I walked by to see if he was still laying there at 9 o'clock in the morning. Apparently not. Either the cops got him or his friends found him or something happened. <laughs> that should be a lesson to you, Glaze, while you're not missing anything drinking. Not much. I mean, it's fun and all, but a lot of stupid things can happen. Well, lots of stupid things happen, yeah. You know. I have the well, I'm very well aware of this. Yeah, that's true, because you... you... I've been around. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not holed up in my my room the entire time. No, I know, but but I mean, it's. Uh, I you're you're right. I apologize. That was insulting because you, just because you don't drink doesn't mean you haven't been exposed to it, especially growing up in New Orleans. I bet just I bet just a walk downtown anytime after like five, you could see everything we've probably seen and then some every night. Oh yeah, going to other cities is weird for me not to see bars open all the time. And having people not being able to have open containers, it's just weird to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we have an open container law. You will get, I mean, it's a state law. You will get busted like there's no busted tomorrow for open container. Even at that event, you guys always see that one buddy of mine post photos of me shit-faced. Because um, it's the only time of year I really do it to that level. Uh, to the level that I lose a wallet behind a desk for six months and think it's gone forever. Um, yeah, until until recently, my younger brother didn't understand why, like the cliche drunk person always has always has a brown paper bag. Yeah, that's you're hiding it. Yeah, they they don't have that here. There's no brown paper bags. Yeah, there's no reason for it. What what's what's the law in in your region, John, or in Canada? What's is there open container laws like we have here? Or don't have in Louisiana's case or New Orleans' case? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't you can't walk down the street with a butt with a with a drink or anything. You have to you have to cover it up or stay on your property or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like private property. Like if like I have a driveway that that you can see from the street. If I'm standing out in my yard with a beer bottle. You know, the the sheriff can't come down here and go, oh, open container, have a nice day, jerk. I'm on private property. Yeah, but, I, I think that's the case, though. I mean, but, like, you never see people out on their – people are on their deck, you know, in their backyard with, with with a drink or something. But I don't I don't think you see people around in their front in their front yard with beers and stuff. Yeah, but you're in suburbia, dude. I go out and yeah. find beers here. Of course, I'm in suburbia, too. What the hell am I saying? I just don't give a shit. Well, the one time that, that 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 rule didn't seem to apply was uh, at the at the turn of the millennium there, and and it was a it was a huge party, and I mean people were just walking around everywhere, just hammered up and, and drinking on the street. And I remember we were walking from our place down to uh, down to downtown to the waterfront for the for the big fireworks and big party down there, and we were walking down the street drinking beer, drinking champagne and stuff, and and waving to the cops. <laughs> As they drove past, you know, cheers, cops. It was pretty yeah, much that. Are you talking about 1999? When you yeah. know, when the, when the world was supposed to end? Yeah, totally. Glacinator, do you? I have a distinct memory of it, and I don't hold it oh, against Y2K. The, I don't hold it against the girl I was dating at the time. Her and I are good friends. She's happily married, kids. She got the life she wanted that she was never going to have with me, especially not at that time, not in that era. Um, but at the minute it turned midnight on Y2K, I was. Halfway between here and where that event you guys always see the pictures from was held, because she got dr- so drunk that she decided to walk home, and she she claimed at the time she came up and told me, but I did not remember it. And so somebody told me, yeah, she just walked home, and I thought, oh god, she was lit up, because I told her I just wanted to stay until it turned midnight and nothing happened, then we could go home. I'd walk home with her, and she just would not wait. And so I followed her back to the house. Just to make sure she wasn't laying on the side of the street somewhere. So I literally, when it turned 2000, I was walking through the front, uh, onto the front porch of the house. <laughs> and so it was a very anticlimactic turn of 2000 for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I mean, I was drunk and I had a good time, so who cares? But well, how about you, Glaze? What do you remember? What you were doing when it turned to the year two thousand and then nothing happened? Uh, probably walking around my neighborhood. I might have been too young then. You were what? Actually, no, 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 no. Oh, you remember? Every year, every year for Christmas, my brothers and I would all get a group present. Okay. And always a connects a connects roller coaster. Have you, oh. ever, have you ever seen those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what like, you're talking those about. Crazy, those crazy builds, you know, that have like a chain lift and everything. Yeah, they yeah. were just, as I was getting to be about 10 or 11 years old, that company was really kicking off into building things. So I was a little too old for them. But I do remember playing with them with younger kids or cousins or something. Yeah, they were really cool. Yeah, yeah I know so what, every so I know what Christmas you're talking about. For like five years, we would get a group present, you know, the whatever roller coaster was out that year and we wouldn't we would open it up on christmas be like excited for it and we wouldn't touch it and we wouldn't touch it until new year's eve and we'd start working on it at like 10 in the morning and we'd try to finish before midnight happened so we were probably building a roller coaster i think <laughs> i just remember my, my dad being very amused at the whole concept of y2k you know like he sort of wanted it to ha- happen because he he's a big 2001 Space Odyssey fan, so oh. he's like, I can't wait! I can't wait to bow down to Hal. He's like, he'd like to freak us out about that. A, f- <laughs> a, f- a fine movie and one that that really well. It's like uh, you do realize, and I realize this shows are a little long, John. But you do realize that next year will be the year that Marty McFly went back to, or went ahead to. Is it, was it 2015? It was 2015. I heard this on another podcast. I also read 30, an article about it. Uh, yeah, 30 years in the future, yeah. Yeah, he went 30 years in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, hoverboard, hoverboards and self-drying sneakers next year. Self-what? Self-drying sneakers. Oh, self-drying. No, 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 it was a self, it was a self-drying jacket and his laces and his sneakers self-zipped. Yeah, yeah, and it, 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 it was... Didn't that jacket turn into... Oh no! It just self-dried. I was thinking it was also a flotation yeah. device in that one, scene, but it wasn't. It also self. It was a one-size-fits-all. Like you put it on and you press a button, and it would adjust its own uh, uh, sleeves to, to to match your arms. Oh right, but I think you know, Glacier brings up a good point. I think in the in the eighties and nineties, I think two thousand and one had a lot of the same connotations to it that that Back to the Future did to us. You know, what's life? I remember thinking in 1985, God damn, what's, you know, wow, I can't, I wonder what it's going to be like in 2015. Mm-hmm. Pretty fucking useless, if you ask me. <laughs> Not a hell, I'm older. That's about all I got. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's, it's, do you have anything like that? Glace and you're growing up like I can't wait until it's this year. I mean, whether it's movie based or not. Do mm, you... I mean, 2001 was a big deal, or 2000. Yeah, I think it's I think it's 2001. Uh, Terminator probably a little bit, although that's more of a pop culture joke and the concept of uh, autonomous drones or you know AI taking over. That actually that does have effect on people because I don't know you know I pay attention to a lot of stuff outside of gaming and, and Elon Musk the the creator of the Tesla car wrote an op ed about how AI should not should be just throttle 
the research into artificial intelligence. And this is a guy who just announced a billion-dollar battery plant to make electric cars cheaper in Nevada. And he's, say, he's coming out against artificial intelligence. And, and I, I have to believe that our mythology, our movie mythology, plays a part into these people's fears. You know, whether it's Skynet, whether it's HAL, um, you know, I, I got to think that, that's, that, that that tends to play. Because it's hard for me to understand why somebody as smart as Elon Musk who's also trying to go to space as well with along with everybody else uh, is, is afraid of artificial intelligence. Does it make any sense to you guys (laughs) getting dead silence? (laughs) I don't know. AI is, uh, I mean, as much as there's an unknown of space, there is, you know, there's a level of exploration and, you know, doing it by your own rules. If, AI. What happens if the AI get you know makes makes decisions for itself? You know, like, I don't know. It's to to me to me. I I can almost see how it can it can be different in, put in front of you, but it, it's like you know if you're going into space, you're you're being a pioneer. You're going to the unknown. You're going to take what comes. But I think everybody's looking for the old west, honestly. That, well, that's that, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That because it's funny. I actually, Glace, are you terrified of AI, or or do you think we should that the benefits outweigh? I tend to think right now, at least, that the benefits outweigh the uh, potential disaster. Personally, uh, I mean, the people that are scared of AI are in jobs where AI can do it better than them. <laughs> so well, that's being that's, in a creative field. I don't really worry that much. You don't fear the Reaper. No, um, I I watched a it I, I like the old, I like a West history and I watched a documentary on Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and because I just really had never studied that much about him and I just finished watching it before we did the show tonight and they talked about how why they went to Argentina because it always seemed struck me as odd why in the hell did you go to Argentina? Simple, it was still the old West there. You know, when they pulled their last bank job, it was actually train robbery here. The old West was done. Pinkerton, the Pinkerton Detective Agency and law enforcement in general was getting a lot better here. The old West was pretty much over. And so a lot of those outlaws went to South America because it was it was 30 years or 40 years behind the U.S. in terms of, you know, what you could get away with. And and I also think that 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 wild and free aspect that that utter freedom to do as you want, whether you stay within the rules of law or not, and I think that's a lot of these guys. Like the what's what the hell's the uh, Richard Richard what's his face, the owner of Virgin, he's trying to get into space too. Yeah, I think it's the only thing that can, can contain his ego. Personally, that's why he's trying to do it. But um, <laughs> uh, but uh, but hey, you got to have a healthy ego to make as much money as some of those guys have. I mean, it's the, there's no denying it. But I think that's part of it. I think it I think it is the frontier thing. I don't think Star Trek was wrong. <laughs> but then but then there's always another final frontier. You get to like say say we get to Mars in our collective lifetimes. Well, then what's next after that? Got to go someplace else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's fascinating to me. I, I don't think, but I don't personally think we should turn our nose up at any potentially useful technology to humans. 
learn from the movies, learn from the scary movie scenarios and make sure that, you know, of course, iRobot, they kind of shit all over that one, too. <laughs> hey, iRobot's I, not the greatest movie ever. It will never be considered the greatest movie ever. But w- some of the things it's talking about in that movie are pretty profound. Yeah. You know, that that, that no matter how have you have you both of you seen that movie? Uh I've I've seen mo- a lot of it. I I've only seen parts of it. Hand, but... Yeah, I've seen all of it. Mostly because I was bored one night and watched it on Netflix. <laughs> but uh, until then, I was like you guys. But it has a pretty profound message in there about basically no matter how good you set things up, this shit can still go horribly wrong. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's enough show for the show. I'm, I'm, Glazen Enter, thank you for being the catalyst to a non blah video games bitch, bitch, bitch session. I could, okay. I could, I could literally do this kind of stuff every week if we could find stuff to babble about that might be entertaining. Because <laughs> I had a lot of fun doing this. Um, yeah, it's a good show. If you'd like to get in touch with us to tell us whether you enjoyed that or you'd rather we go back to bitch, bitch, bitching and Glacinator wants to kill somebody <laughs> or, or it's getting, it gets really sick of it, uh, we got a ton of ways you can do that. We have a website, wonderpotonline.com. Wonderpotonline.com. I post this podcast there. With an embedded player. So, you know, you don't want to download MP3s. There you go. There's also a shit ton of videos. Pat tells me he's going to be doing some uh, uh, Destiny videos once he gets done. He's got some Titanfall videos, um, including Titanfall Without Titans, which I think is basically the next COD game. Um, so good on your respawn for that little troll. Uh, um there's, I've got a crap ton of videos. Our, our Wonder Plays are up there. The next one will be coming out next Tuesday. So there's all kinds of, all kinds of reasons to go to wonderpotonline.com. Uh, if you want to download MP3s of this podcast, you can do so at iTunes. Everybody's got an iTunes account. And then if you, but if you don't like iTunes, uh, we are on, also on archive.org, which is a good place to get the entire catalog of WonderPods. Uh, not everything's on iTunes anymore. They cleave some stuff off. Uh, YouTube channels. If you're getting like a lot of people and don't feel like going to an extra website, poor babies, you can go to YouTube channels. My YouTube channel, that's where the Wonder Plays are held. Uh, Chris Lloyd's got a YouTube channel, our good buddy in Wales. His girlfriend, Olivia, Olivia made this. They're putting hot content. It's great stuff. Uh, Pat, 36Wee's YouTube channel. Uh, you know, he's got uh, Mario Kart videos. He's got uh, Titanfall videos. He took some iPhone videos of the arcade that he visits in British Columbia that we've talked about a number of times on the show, and I need to keep pestering him to put that out in a format people can see it, because this is this is probably the most beautifully uh, curated arcade I've seen still existing in North America. It's, it's awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll at least see if he can get it in WPO chat where we can see it. Hee-hee, <laughs> private, private, private. Um... Let's see. Ah, we got a Twitter account. It's at WonderPod Online, all one word, at WonderPod Online, which will give you the links to all the other crap I was talking about previously. If none of that works for you, we've got an email address. It's WonderPod at WonderPodOnline.com. WonderPod at WonderPodOnline.com. Or you can... F- uh, wait a minute. I fucked that up. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitter. Yes, I did. At O-R-I-G-I-M. Or you can follow John on Twitter. John Keo, J-O-N-K-E-H-O-E. Until episode 225, where we have no clue what the hell we're going to be doing. I am Bruce McGee. I'm out of here, people. Have a good one. (laughs) Cheers. Goodbye.